The Production Expert Podcast is brought to you with the kind support of Autoria, Source Elements, and RSPE Audio Solutions. Welcome to the Production Expert Podcast. I'm Julian Rogers, and in this week's edition, I'm joined by Russ Hughes and Don Morley. We're going to be talking about the new releases of November 2022. No time like the present. Shall we jump in, chaps? Um, UA did uh, one of their periodic software updates, and there's always a couple of uh, new things in there. Uh, one of them was the new Hitsville Reverb Chambers, uh, modelled after the the Motown uh, studio uh, reverb chambers and uh, and Polymax synth as well. So uh, I'm going to start off. Uh, Dom, tell me, yes. have you checked this out? Hitsville reverb chambers. I have. I've checked their demo out. Um, I haven't actually used the thing, but I just checked, you know they saw the YouTube clip with a you know how it all works and stuff. And I thought you know what? There's two aspects of it. One is it's it's yet again the uh, here's a classic thing that we've reproduced, which is, seems to be a, a massive kind of. Uh, business model of anyone that makes software but it does sound good so there is that on the other side like listening to it but listen to the drums in it and stuff like that on the on the demo that they've put together mm. um it's a good sounding chamber so the fact that it has some history attached to it and stuff tells a good story and is part of a good marketing plot um but if you you know look outside of that um if you're looking for a good chamber reverb sounds good Sounds really okay, good. Okay, cool. I mean, while we're on the subject of chamber reverbs, this this did kind of make me think just because quite a while ago we ran a poll on reverb types with the mm-hmm. with the community and and saying, you know, what's your most commonly used um t- category? I'm I'm avoiding right, the word right. algorithm. Okay. Um I was I know what I expected. What came back as the top scorer actually was plate, which surprised me. I mean, that's cool. Right. Good, but that's not what I was expecting. Chamber was a bit of a, an overlooked category, which didn't surprise me at all. I thought it probably was. Do you use chambers much when you mix? I do a bit, yeah. I probably use I'm trying to think what I use. I probably use hall and plates more often, but very close behind them would be chambers and rooms. So it just depends on the sound I'm looking for, really. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, it's the thing about a long, small space, which is yeah. kind of quite – it's a bit of an outlier in terms of stuff that we hear every day, but okay. Um, it's Russ, interesting, though. Go on. If you're um, looking for something interesting. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Russ, um, so Hitsville Reverb Chambers, uh, what, what, what do you check this out? What do you think? Mm. I, I downloaded the demo, and, you, uh, and, and Dom's right. It's great. It sounds nice. But one can't help think that this wasn't in, this wasn't an intentional situation. They used the roof space in the house they were in, uh, and and by luck it produced a great sound. But but and by the use of great mics and great speakers. But there's a house right next door that's exactly the same house. So I'm guessing that roof space probably sounds the same too. Uh, so I'm kind of and there's a house across the street because I've just been on Google Street View and just had a look. <laughs> So, so whilst it sounds great, uh, I kind of feel it's a bit of reinvention of history. It's kind of like rewriting history. Of course, they used it, and that's how they got the sound of Motown. I'm not taking anything away from that. Sure, but, but they used it because it was there. <laughs> exactly. It's like they didn't they didn't go they didn't go looking for the roof space and then built the studio there. They were in that house, and that's if you've seen Hitsville in Detroit, that's mm. what it is. I think that Bob uh, Olson was involved, which is great because he was there. At the, at the start so it's great they've got some of the original people from the studio that were involved in it and bob bob thinks it's fantastic it's got the sound uh and, and it's what uad do uh but I, I don't know how many more kind of things of this we can we can have do you know what i mean from from different companies it's like here's a broom cupboard in a school where 
I don't know, Sting played a guitar once and we're not going to sample that and make a plug-in out of it. Uh, Hang on a minute, I'm just writing there. that down. I'm just uh, <laughs> Sting's broom <laughs> cupboard. <laughs> idea. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know, am I just being miserable here? Yeah, uh, but, you know, but it's like, it's, but it's not, doesn't mean that you're not right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you get my point. It, it's just like, yeah, I, I don't know, perhaps I'm, perhaps everybody will think I'm insane and just I'm wrong. I've, I've heard it, it sounds great, but... Yeah. Yeah, here's here's uh, here's what I, I haven't downloaded it actually I just haven't got there at all. Um, uh, I'm sure it's great because um, I was all over Capital Chambers when that dropped and that was brilliant. I mean, absolutely brilliant. And I'm sure they've done just as good a job, but just on a different uh, uh, some different chambers. The, the Abbey Road ones have been done as well, not by not by UA, but they've also been done and like I say, Capital Chambers. But this does strike me as if it's kind of it's it's one of the things that studios still have if you see what i mean in the in their pocket is is the sounds of their spaces now we've only got we've got some mixed spaces you know i mean there was that waves product i forget the name of that was studio three but it was a mixed space it wasn't the room you can get elements of these famous tracking spaces uh with things like uh, drum libraries and you know those kind of sample libraries that are done you know but in terms of like a manipulatable reverb plugin that gives you the sound of a classic space in in a famous studio the only one i can think of is still the ocean ocean way ua one from years ago um i kind of thinking there's probably a be- uh, more of a business reason for that than there is a technical reason but uh, but, but this I, is kind of I, you know it's a drip feed of 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 aspects of those famous buildings and those famous spaces and i'm gonna have another grumpy moment then i've got a good positive to say about this but the the grumpy moment is that they were basically working with what they had and if you yeah. went into let's say gear space now and said i'm going to build a studio like this and showed them what they did with with the hitsville place they'd go are you insane you'll never record a decent record in there obviously motown proved everybody wrong and they produced amazing records there but that was as much about the engineers and the musicians nothing to do with the building uh they just worked with what they had do you know what i mean if there'd been a shed in the garden they would have used that instead that's exactly what went on here Mm. it's not a purpose-built room or a purpose-built facility but so i think do you know what i mean but but it had a sound so yeah uh, it's it's like i remember a debate in the late 90s early 2000s which was uh do lex can make the best sounding reverbs or because lexicon reverbs are on every record we've heard over the past 20 years, does they just sound like a record to us now? It's a, yeah, if does you want the sound, Motown sound, you know what I mean? this is, yeah, if you want the Motown sound, this is it. There it is. It's mm. in a box. In a the box. thing that I question about is who wants to pay 350 quid for that? $350. Seems quite yeah. a lot for one, you know, one trick pony. Well, it is, is it, is it, well, I suppose that's it. Is it another King's microphone moment, which is what we used to laugh about at the, at the experts with, uh, the King's microphone from Waves, because they they created a plugin that just did one thing. It made you sound like a you, you're talking to a 1930s mic. But how often right. are you going to use that? Uh, but uh, the good thing is, and I tell you what, it is good, is that actually it's part of a Spark, and Spark has gone from being kind of quite a meagre offering to being quite an impressive offering. Now, if you look at what you get with Spark now, mm-hmm. you're getting you're getting. Uh, the Hitsville, that the EQ and the reverb. You've got like four or five different reverbs now from UA. You've got uh, Dimension D. You've got some really cool stuff in there. So actually, what happens is every time they make something new, they're they're adding it into Spark almost. And what's happening is Spark is becoming incredibly impressive now as a bundle. Right. Uh, and that, that's the I haven't actually got into this. That's their software as a service idea, isn't it? 
Yeah, and it means you don't use you don't need DSP. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, native as well, isn't it? Yeah, which is the best thing about it, which is great. Yeah. So I think, uh, and and I I don't feel like there's much padding in their offer because you know you get some of these plugin bundles like like you nine ninety nine you get nine thousand plugins, but like half of it's just crap Mm -hmm. or pointless. But this is, I just feel that everything you get from UAD is really, really useful. And let's be fair, it is UAD. So if anybody was going to make something like this, it was going to be UAD because this is what they're about, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So Yeah, uh, I'm just looking through the Spark offering. There's good stuff in there and the, the EQs and compressors as well. Exactly, like those Spark are, is incredibly stuff. impressive yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. And let's not forget the synth that came out at the same time. That's I'm more impressed by the synth than I am by the, the reverb. Are you? The Polymax, yeah. The Polymax. You, yeah, because... Let, you're a, you're a hardware guy, so you don't really use VIs, do you? But but uh, really. Polymax is a kind of fat analog synth. What I find really interesting with what they're doing with synths is they're not generally making synths that are exactly what they were. So Polymax is a kind of retro sound of vintage, but you don't know what it is. I see. Rather than to make the skin isn't, this is clearly a CS8. This isn't a Moog or this isn't a Jupiter 8. They haven't yeah. gone. And I suppose in a sense, let's let's be honest, Arturia own that space, don't they generally? Uh, they're, they're, they're pretty the ones, good at it. Yeah. And GeForce. So, but they've, yeah. So I like the synth. So if we're talking about the whole bundle that came out, I, 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 it's Phil is, is good. But as I say, I, I I think that it's 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 got limited uses. But it does. I've tried it on some drum drum stuff. It sounds really nice. Mm. It's actually it's best used sparsely. I found. I don't know what you did. Do you have you have you had a play with it yet, uh, Dom? Uh, no, I haven't. No, I haven't had a play with it yeah. myself. No, I've you just seen it. like YouTube clips of yeah. it. And download it, and it's best it. done sparse, where you can kind of get a sense of a room rather than like clang. Yeah. Yeah, but if you want, but to be honest, if you want some of the Motown sounds, it's got to be clang, hasn't it? <laughs> I don't that's mean that. Dis- that's not. It's not. A, not in a disparaging way. But do you know what I mean? Some of those huge hits are just. Yeah. Have, they're just soaked in reverb. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. Should, should we? Should we hit and miss this? What do you think? Um, just the, the, the package overall. Um, hit or miss, Don? Uh, I'm going to say hit for the reverb because I think it sounds great. I'm actually going to miss on the Polymax because I don't know what this does that you don't get from a million other software synths. Fair enough, Russ. <laughs> It's a hit, despite all my misgivings. It's, I think I think it's a hit because of the whole offer is a hit. Uh, but if you if you'd have just said what do I think of the reverb, I would have probably passed on it. I've got enough reverbs oh, okay. to, to last. Fair me. And I don't I don't want to make Motown records. Yeah, with the with the um, uh, proviso that I I haven't downloaded or tried either of them. Uh, but in principle, I'm going to go hit on these. I like I like these these chamber things. They sound great. Pricing does seem does seem enthusiastic for for Hitsville, but fair enough. Polymax. I mean, checking it out. It's um. If it sounds good, then great because it's it's nice and simple. It looks it looks powerful enough without overwhelming me with stuff yeah. that I just don't need, which is <laughs> one of the things that I get with. Um, I'm wasting my breath actually. I'm talking to you, Dom, and you, you're a modular <laughs> guy, so yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. To, it looks like a synth you could actually get something finished. Yeah. On, if you know. The old joke right. is a, the old joke. <laughs> the old joke is, that, isn't it? I woke up at three o'clock this morning. I thought I heard a car alarm, but the guy next door got his modular working. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Achoria has a wide selection of software effects, including three compressors, three filters, three preamps, and three delays you'll actually use. The latest release, three delays you'll actually use, includes Delay Tape 201, Delay Memory Brigade, and the unique and experimental Delay Eternity. 
A bundle of selected effects, called the AudioFuse Creative Suite, is included with all AudioFuse audio interfaces. Visit Autoria.com to find out more on the effects you'll actually use. Okay, well, moving on. Um, uh, we had some news this year. I mean, we uh, this year, this month, um, from Avid. Uh, they've looked at their offer, uh, specifically to do with Pro Tools Flex, with the reorganisation of the Pro Tools tiers. And um, they've, they've changed the offer a bit and, and significantly reduced the price of the top tier of Pro Tools. So um, uh, I don't, we'll do things the other way around, actually. Russ, Russ, we should go to you first. Um, what did you make of this? Well, actually, I think everybody should listen to the podcast with uh, Francois, now known as Q, to his friends, <laughs> uh, and uh, David Mooney, correct? Yeah. To me. To me. Mooney. <laughs> yeah, keep your trousers on. Uh, David, to me. Uh, and it's a great podcast. And I was just struck by the candor on that podcast uh, when he's, when they talked about uh, I've, uh, we've been working, we've been writing about Avid for over a decade. And I can't remember a period in the history of Avid where they were so candid about the mistakes they'd made and the decisions that probably had been missteps and how they were putting them right. And uh, some of that's in the article as well. But to look at it and say, actually, we think we got the pricing wrong because it cut a lot of people out and now we're taking it a 40% discount, which is which is a lot of money in a cost of living crisis. So it's gone from uh, well, a thousand bucks a year. It was nine nine nine, wasn't it? For bucks flex, a year? Yeah. So that's like from from a hundred to sixty pounds a month. Do you know what that's or dollars? Uh, I, what's not to like? Do you know what I mean? And it, I, I think the tears are quite. I think the tears are the that uh, Avid have always struggled to get their kind of positioning of all their different parts of Pro Tools right. But I think this is the closest they've got to getting it perfect. And uh, I, I can only praise them for their candor and for making a decision that when you've got investors involved in a company to say, oh, by the way, we're going to give away 40% of the, of the cost of our top product and do other things as well and give a free one away. So you've got the free one now, haven't you? Mm. You've then got artists, which is $9.99 a month, Jules, yeah? Uh, from the, the, off the top of my head without looking at so. literature. Then the next yeah, one, 30 quid a month, <laughs> and then the next one, 60 quid a month. That's yeah. a really good offer. So, and I've played with the free one. You know, you could record a pop track and half the chart, stuff that's charting right now, you could record with a free one because it's got 16 tracks of audio and MIDI. And it's not it's not uh, crippled in any way, is it? It's like really version. capable. Pro Tools and first. Which, sensible, which, sensible work yeah. already, you yeah. know? Yeah, I know. So, yeah, it's a win for me. I, I, I haven't voted yet, have we? But, yeah, I think it's fantastic <laughs> news. What's not to like? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, Dom, uh, are you are you across this? Do you do you, um, do you are you understand what it is that's changed? And, uh, and yeah, yeah, well, actually, because I um, I had managed to cling on to my ultimate subscription through various shenanigans because when the new Flex thing came out, I just thought that it was a pointless for, for me. It was a pointless and annoying kind of tier, and it was an extra complication which wasn't needed and. And I just, you know, felt a bit like, you know, what Russ is saying about they've always struggled to get this right. And and it's always been frustrating as a customer watching them struggle to get it right. And, you know, you're behind the brunt of them getting it wrong. Um, so actually, when I saw that they'd done this, I was really pleased because it's like, you know, again, like Russ said, it's really rare for a company to go, yeah, we did this. It was a mistake. We're getting rid of that. And we're going back to what we did have before that everybody liked. And, you know, that that step we made wasn't an improvement. It was a step backwards. And we've talked to people about what they want. And 
and what we had was what they want, so that's what we're running. And, you know, it was just kind of quite reassuring to see a company the size of Avid go, you know, we made a mistake and this is how we're fixing it. And it's and it's what certainly people like me is what I need is what they've done. So I'm really pleased. I think it's mm. great. Really good of them. Yeah, I mean, it was an interesting one just because there seemed to be kind of a few aspects to it. I mean, the pricing, I mean, that's what people have been concentrating on. I understand why, you know, I mean, you know, pricing is is money after all. But um, uh, what it was when they launched Flex was that there was um, there was the idea was it was going to grow and become something more than what it was at, at launch. And they found that difficult to deliver. So what were people paying for? Well, they were paying for something that they struggled to deliver. So actually, I think that must have played a, a big part in it. Also, I mean, the focus of it towards larger clients, for want of a better word, I can't think of a, mm. <laughs> a better word. but Facilities, were, really. Facilities, absolutely. And I mean, Faculties. I could definitely see um, uh, the flex aspect of flex never really became entirely clear to me but I mean I thought that it was going to well, I didn't think it was it was pretty explicitly stated it was going to be around flexibility of licensing for people who had lots and lots and lots of seats and as someone who used to work in education I mean I mean Dom you, you've, you've got you've got more than a foot in education these days and um, mm. when you've got when you've got inflexible iLock based licensing and, and cloud stuff which isn't really built for it if I don't know if you ever come across any uh, any software that works off a good licensing server. But that's an absolute godsend to people like that so that you can say, this group are in this room because that room's available because timetabling is a whole new level of complexity. Yeah. And yeah, what yeah, they yeah, want is full of computers, but the licenses aren't on those computers. Well, that's a terrible reason when you should be able to just press a button and reallocate. Yeah. But it's always been a thing that's been difficult for lots and lots of audio software. This isn't specific to, to, to Pro Tools. But, yeah, that kind of stuff. But considering who it is who uses Ultimate, um, so many of them were, weren't listened to or, or no, not listened to. That's, I, I don't know what conversations they had, but weren't, um, weren't the focus of that Yeah, weren't catered for. Yeah. yeah. Because all yeah, of these sort people of took something that we needed, yeah, and said you can only get this in flex now, like along with a million a load of stuff you that don't. you don't want or need. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it, we've done some new software synths as well. I don't care. Stop giving me software synths. It's, it's, it doesn't I, make it worthwhile for me. I mean, the, and I, I totally agree with what Russ was saying about just kind of the level of. It's about this whole thing. I mean, this idea of being agile and responsive and all those things that big corporates corporates aren't um the 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 updates the whole idea behind the kind of subscription and support plan stuff about rather than saving new features up for big big integer releases and all of that stuff no we can be more responsive we can be more more agile well the other Mm. the other side of that is actually being less like that in the rest of what you do and this is a great example of it of just going let's do this that's a terrible idea let's let's undo that and do something else and to do it and it was something that francois certainly sort of referenced in the in the podcast was um uh not just the fact that they'd managed to do this thing and there's obviously loads of people to convince in a company the size of avid but the fact they'd managed to do it comparatively quickly and i think in avid time very quickly Mm. i'm million percent behind this if this is if this is the way way things are going with avid then yeah great Uh, you'd probably tell i like that should we do hits and misses you probably know what i'm gonna say russ hit or miss (laughs) so 
Do listen to the podcast, though. It's incredibly candid and and, and refreshing. Uh, it's a hit from me. What what else could you say? Yeah, yeah. I, one thing I would say, some of the comments were kind of like zero-sum game comments. Oh, well, they're only doing this because they might be losing customers. Well, can't it be for both reasons? Yeah, who cares? <laughs> who cares why they're doing it? Just take take the win. Yeah, what a cynical move to offer better value products. <laughs> yeah, what a cynical thing. <laughs> uh, Dom, what do you think? Uh, yeah, hit from me, definitely. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, you know, doing 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 the thing that you should have done and doing it quickly. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you like that? Um, okay, uh, from uh, let's let's talk about Massenburg Design Works, and that's oh, that's a product name, isn't it? MDWDRC2. That's snappy, Honestly, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> what a ridiculous name. Come up with something else. But this is based on another product, isn't it? This I'm is sure. based on an original hardware product, isn't it? That's why. I think it's got the mad name. Uh, um, right. Okay. But it, it, I mean, well, well, it's, well, they could have just called it the DRC too, because MWD is obviously Massenburg Design Works, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And DR, to be fair, DRC if you look at the too. UI, that's actually what it says in big, big, big letters at the bottom corner is D, DRC2. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a dynamic range controller, which sounds like a compressor, but it <laughs> it's, it's sort it. of is and sort of isn't. So, um, Dom, over to you. Um, uh, have you checked this out? Do you get it? What do you think? Um, I wish I could answer yes to the first one, but I have not been able to check it out yet. Um, so all I can say is I have a positive and a negative. Um, the positive being uh, if if it is what it says it is in that it is, um, it's looking at compression in a different way or rather dynamic loudness controlling in a different way by... Uh, sensing rms instead of instead of peak or or you know however it is they describe how they do it um then i'm all for it because any you know any new way of approaching a very old task say very old obviously compressors only been around for decades not centuries but however a new way of approaching it and a new way of of giving us uh opportunities to mold sound i think is 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 a great thing and obviously george massenberg 100% knows what he's doing in terms of this sort of stuff so I would trust that my negative is and it may be a bit pathetic of me to complain about this but mm. if you look at the plugin it looks like it was designed in 2002 the <laughs> font is hideous just the whole thing about it it's, yeah. it's just yeah. an ugly ugly UI and I don't know why you would release a plugin this year that looks like that it's ridiculous but you know I'm sure it sounds great fair enough Russ what do you think well, he stole my thunder. I was about to say about the UI. It looks like it was designed by somebody with the lights off. Because it's, it's somebody said, I said about the UI on a, on a Facebook forum. They said, well, I don't like skeuomorphic designs. And I said, it's neither skeuomorphic nor flat. It's kind of the worst of both worlds. Mm. Uh, it's based, I think, on his 8,900 dynamic range controller hardware. That's what it's based on. Although okay. to see it, you would never know that. Uh so uh, people are raving about it, but uh, and and to be honest, uh, coming back to Dom's point about the GUI, uh, I wish that there's, there's some of the smartest people in the industry. They're kind of the legends of the, the industry. Both George Massenberg and Bob Clearmountain need to get GUI designers because both of their plugins look like they were designed when they first started doing this job. They're just horrid, horrid GUIs. Uh, I'm sure that won't stop people using them, but I think. If you're going to mix your eyes, and we do, at least make it at least make it slightly attractive. <laughs> I just yeah. don't get it. I don't get it how that design ever happened. Mm. How how many people had to say, "Yeah, that's it. We've done it." 
Yeah, but um, I just, it just yeah, uh, fair just enough. Feels fair weird. enough. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna disagree. It, it does, it, it looks quite old fashioned. I will agree, definitely. Um, it's, it's borrowing some design cues that we, we don't really see very much anymore. Um, in terms of, in terms of how it works, I mean, this, this whole idea about kind of um, uh, having compressors, compressors respond to things to to what we perceive as level rather than what is measured as level conveniently and easily um is is a very very worthwhile task um i can't comment on how well this does it but it's it's a fine ambition and uh if it's if george massenberg's putting his name on it then it probably works pretty well so yeah Mm. Yeah. i have no doubt about the sound of it which is the most important thing (laughs) maybe we'll get version two version two you know it's, it reminds me of the old line do a good interface it reminds me of the old line that when people talk about partners they say it's personality that counts but nobody ever looked across the room and thought i love their personality yeah first impressions are not personality yeah. looking at it i mean i'm seeing i'm seeing some interesting stuff in the ui i mean the bs 1770 filter which i mean that's that's a that's the the loudness spec and all of this stuff i mean we're 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 seeing loudness measurements as uh, rather than just being something that is measured and provides spec about what you've done using conventional tools we're seeing them progressively move into the tools that we use um, at a deeper level all, all of the time. I mean, the first time mm. I became particularly aware of it was that leveler in Power, Sound Radix Power, yeah. which uh, which you know um, uh, which which is loudness based leveler, which fantastic thing, and and it works extremely well. It's the best part of the plugin. I was going to say, do you remember the good old days of mixing when when loudness was basically is it red or green? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and can yeah, you definitely. hear any clipping? But but yeah, once we got into digital, it was just to make sure you stayed out the red zone. But now loudness has become like the the new. It's it's just the new black, isn't it? Everybody talks about loudness all the time. Yeah, a decade ago, nobody hardly ever mentioned it. I think it's it's one of those things. It's a bit like when when we started getting saturator plugins, and then all of a sudden that was the most important thing in every mix was the saturation. It's like it, it really wasn't. It's just something new to talk about, and so every YouTube video, every you know. YouTube sound engineer was talking about the you know how to use saturation stuff, and I think maybe we're just in that wave, that part of the wave of of this you know new um, subject. So yeah, but you know what saturators are, don't you? They're the plug-in equivalent of false eyelashes. <laughs> and no man ever said in his lifetime, "I wish that woman had longer eyelashes." It's one of those things where if, <laughs> but- if you. If you what I mean is you don't you wouldn't notice if it, it wasn't there half the time. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. And that's you know, I give lectures uh, like guest lectures at universities about about mixing and I don't mention saturation in it because I don't think it's that important. No. Um when people learn about mixing and I always get asked what do you do for a saturation? What do you use? And uh and as the answer is that most of the time nothing. Most of the time I don't use a saturator. Um I do a bit occasionally, but um but yeah, it's it's. It, it, I'm sure it's fed by the fact that you know, people who have to come up with a new YouTube video every week teaching people how to mix have to think of something, and so they yeah. come up with something like that, which is not as significant. But no, but, it's but not. At least and they get to talk about it. I think we're old enough. We're all old farts enough to remember that we spent half of our life trying to get rid of distortion in, in sand, not put it in. Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Anyway. Shall we move to uh, hit off my lawn? Massenburg Design Works MDWDRC2. <laughs> um, uh, Dom, hit miss. 
Uh, you know what? I'm going to completely fall for the branding that it's got Massenberg written on it, so it's probably a hit. Fair enough. Russ? Yeah, it's a yellow Ferrari. It shouldn't be yellow, but it's still a Ferrari. So <laughs> it's a hit from me. Okay, fair enough. Um, I'm, I'm, gonna say, I'm, I'm sure it's great. I, I like the EQ. I've, I've used the EQ um, in the past. And uh, if, it's, if it's as good as that, then yeah, great. What's not to like? Um, so segueing rather awkwardly into, uh, into uh, Waves, BB Tube and Lil Tube, um, these are both saturators. So, um, Dom. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is a double whammy for me because, one, it's Waves. And I have, as, as Russ knows the detail of this, I have personal issues with Waves. Um, so I don't yeah. own any of their plugins and I never will. You're asking um, the wrong guy. So I'm not going to be overly enthusiastic and I will admit my bias there. Um, the other thing that, you know, saturators are fine. You know, I, I use, I, you know, when I use one, I use the PSP one. It sounds really nice. You know, that they make good plugins and it sounds great. Um the other one of my pet hates is some when people who make plugins and software write tube on them because it's not a tube. A tube's a physical object, and that's not what this is. Um, so I know this happens in other other aspects and other ways, but just the one that gets me in particular is when people say they're doing a tube compressor or a tube EQ or a tube saturator when it's a bit of software, so it's nothing of the sort. So um, it. I'm sure it adds saturation in some way and I'm sure they've kind of modelled it on a tube thing and I'm sure it will be on sale all the time because it's waves. So if that floats your boat, go for it, but I won't be getting any. Okay. <laughs> Russ, waves, BB tube and little tube. Uh, I got a little tube. It's free. You can't get it anymore. So if you listen to this now, you can't get it anymore. So sorry. But uh, I don't know. <sighs> Move on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dare to be different on this and say um, I was, um, I concentrated on this a little more than I might otherwise, just because I was playing with some, uh, with just a, a multi-track recording I'd made of a of a band practice. Um, so it was never going to be anything more than just like a bit of a working tape. But I was working, I was away, I was staying with my mother, and I had my laptop, which has almost no plug on plugins on it whatsoever. But um, it was over the Black Friday period, so I stuck both of these on. And uh, so I used them perhaps more than I might have done if I'd been at home with all, you know, everything that's on my mm. studio machine. And um, I, got the, I got the Lil Tube first, and uh, I, just, I just popped it across popped it across the drums and the bass on this thing I was doing and just uh, stuck it on in default and went, oh, that sounds really nice. And that's ultimately the test of these things. You can give as many tweak things as you want, but basically it either sounds it either sounds nice or it doesn't. And changing the settings is only is isn't going to fundamentally change that or at least I've never come across one where it does. So, you know, you can have different levels of tweak from like a single knob thing like I don't know, uh little radiator uh, sound toys or something mm -hmm. really complicated like the I don't know, uh, UA um culture vulture. Both great. Um huge wildly different numbers of um of uh, of controls on them. But ultimately they sound good because they sound good, not because of how I've set them up. And in the same way, if you've got something that doesn't sound good, doing this stuff i found it doesn't really make a lot of difference what you do it, it either sounds stuck onto the sound or it sounds like part of the sound and this sounds like part of the sound so because mm -hmm. of that i think it's good Oof. right so um i think we've probably covered this so uh, um go on then uh russ hit or miss on the waves bb oh it's a hit it's a lot of fun but i just uh, i have I've, I've, there's so many new plugins mm. all the time that i have to yeah 
I'm just like, yeah, weary. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, um, Dom, I'm not even going to ask you, actually. <laughs> okay, don't ask me. <laughs> I think we can fill in the gap there ourselves. And I'm going to hit, I think this is good, actually, and I don't know what this magma thing is. Presumably it's going to be a range of stuff doing analogy type things and possibly an EQ and a compressor or whatever, and I'm sure they'll all sound really nice too. The Production Expert Podcast is made possible using Source Connect Now from Source Elements, the free way to record high-quality audio over the internet. Need to record an interview or a podcast like this one remotely? With Source Connect Now, you can. Using a Chrome browser, you'll get ISDN equivalent quality audio without the need to install any additional software. Register for your free account at now.source-elements.com. So, moving on. Um, we, we've had a few kind of like... Uh, just kind of news items on the site. Um, uh, some have attracted more in, in interest than others. This one uh, attracted a lot more interest than all the others, um, which certainly kind of probably tells a story. Um, uh, Elgato, is it pronounced Elgato? I've never said yeah, that out loud. It's got to be. How, anyway, how else them, could you pronounce uh, who it? Who makes the Stream Decks um, brought out a Stream Deck Plus, which is a programmable. Uh, USB controller like they all are and this one's got um, I, I forget how many buttons on it it might be eight or something but it's got four uh, rotary controllers on it as well and you can set it up with Stream Deck I mean with Soundflow if you're an audio type or using Pro Tools or something and you can do lots and lots of powerful things uh, Dom are you, a, are you a Soundflow user? I am yeah yeah I've got the um, and I'm trying to look I'm looking over there Stream Deck is uh, was it 8 by 3 8 by 4 that one the 8 okay, by 4 okay yeah yeah um, yeah and I use it all the time I find it really really helpful um, it takes a little while to set up all the sort of shortcuts that you want and a lot of mine I, I'm mostly mixing and a lot of mine are you know just call up a plugin on the channel so I, I just have a little picture of the plugin and I hit it and it appears on whichever channel I'm selected and that saves me trawling through menus every time I'm looking for something. So, uh, but also a, few, a bunch of other things about, you know, arming tracks for, for automation and things like that. I have all ready on buttons and it's really useful. And I actually, I thought this um, is a really good idea. I mean, the only sort of disappointment is, is only an eight button version. As far as I can tell, there isn't a bigger one, but, um, but the idea that, the, um, that there's going to be the, the extra control than just a, you know, a, a button, I think is really interesting, but obviously all of this does kind of live and die on what's programmed into it. Um, I'm not much of a programmer, um, so I just use other people's presets that I I find off the Soundflow website. Um, but I can imagine if you know, if for example you got four knobs there, if you had an 1176 programmed into this, then all of a sudden you 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 don't need the mouse anymore. You're just hitting that; it's appearing. You're turning the knobs on it, and um, I'm all for that. I think that's great. So, uh, yeah, I think this this deserves to be a big hit. Okay, uh, Russ. Yeah, I've got the fifteen button one already, uh, and they are quite cool. They're very clever and quite fun as well. This it makes working quite quite a nice activity, but they have really kind of knocks it out of the park, I think, with this, uh, which with the knobs and stuff as well. I think that's really helpful for people working in media. And if you want, there's a video on the page, isn't there, about how Cubase profiles are on there and stuff like that. So uh, there's a lot of work to do at the start sometimes, but other than that, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, and it's a anagram of gelato. So what what's not to like? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So it's, it's not only an, an audio product; it's also a countdown conundrum. Fantastic. Um, so I I have a, I mean I'm I, I 
I know Soundflow. Um, I've spoken to Christian at length about this stuff. I, I have it. Um, I don't have a Stream Deck. I've, I've just never actually got my act together and, and bought one, which is a bit of an impediment because when I've used it, I've used it off an old iPhone and things, which isn't – it's 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 not quite the same, put it that way. Um I have a question about this because I, I don't know the answer to this. Is uh, With those um, pots, can you use them with Pro Tools? You can use know. them with software, but I don't know if you can use them with Pro Tools or not. I'm not saying you can't. I just haven't checked because that would have a significant impact on whether or not I'd, how interested in this they particular might work. I'd be. They might work with Julian with the new uh, SDK that's coming out. Uh, possibly. Possibly. But, um, yeah, anyway, no, there's a whole kind of thing about kind of like to what extent can you use it because obviously there's the whole kind of uh, Yukon thing. And I, d- I don't know because I haven't checked and I should have done my research. So <laughs> I'm just going to leave that one hang in there. Um, it's, all, it's all rather approving apart from that, though, isn't it? Shall we, shall we have a quick run around the uh, hits and misses and then we should probably move on to find of the week. So, uh, um, Russ, hit or miss for the uh, Stream Deck Plus. It's a hit from me. Excellent. And Dom? Yeah, big hit from me. Uh, and and I'm I'm going to say I don't know yet. It depends on how whether or not you can use those knobs yet. And I'm going to check afterwards, which isn't very helpful in terms of this edit. So there we go. <laughs> but with time is getting ahead of us, we should move on to five of the week. RSPE Audio Solutions design, sell, and install professional audio and video equipment. Their team are available by phone, live chat, or email to receive and process orders. They have everything you need to build or upgrade your home studio to ensure you can continue to work from home. If there is anything they can do to help, reach out or shop online at rspeaudio.com. Okay, so Find of the Week. Dom, what is your Find of the Week? Uh, mine is something that I actually just I just bought it. It arrived yesterday, and I'm therefore unnecessarily excited about it, uh, which is the Heritage Audio Successor um, Stereo Compressor. Um Interestingly, uh, I was talking to Russ earlier about the uh, the company Chiera Audio. These two are both Madrid-based um, audio manufacturers, which is obviously this, this is becoming a hub for people that make things that sound good. But it's kind of based on on a Neve thing, as all Heritage Audio stuff is, I believe. But what I particularly like about it, as well as it's got the Carnhill transformers, and it, you know, it sounds great just running through it sounds really good um but as well as doing something that sound that kind of does what the neve does a bit they've pushed it on so that the the side chains do a lot more interesting stuff than than even a conventional one let alone what you get on a neve um and and they've just they've just thought what we'll take this basic idea well i mean basic idea neve neve compressor is a great idea we'll take this great idea and then we'll think where can we go next with it what's the next thing that's going to make it more useful to the people that use these things every day and make it sound better and you know there's really fast attack times on it which makes it interesting for stabby synth things and it's just you know is i just think it's been really well thought out that 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 not only have they been uncompromising with the sound quality but they've also gone with the functionality what more can we do to make this even better than the the thing that we are kind of basing it off? Okay, cool. Um, one question: uh, is, is is it got um, a built-in power supply or is it external? Um, I'm just thinking because I've it's it built in. in because I've just had a look at yeah, it. It's it got is an, an IC external connection one. on the yeah, back. No, fair external. enough. Like, like some of the yeah. other stuff, I've I've seen their stuff before. I tell you what, I mean, it's uh, d- um, diode bridge compressors were a revelation to me when I finally got them. 
because it took mm. years for me to just get it, if you sort of mean. And it was uh, yeah. somewhere I used to work. They had um, a thirty three six oh nine in the mm. studio, and I, and I didn't pay much attention to it for ages until well, ages hours anyway. <laughs> but mm. um, yeah, it's it's one of those things that when when you get it, you get it, and uh, yeah, it's 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 a wonderful thing. It really is. Um, mm. So yeah, it's good to see that you could, there's a, there seems to be more of a proliferation of them uh, than there used to be. Certainly. Okay. So Russ, uh, what about you? What's your find of the week? Mine is something that's been around a couple of years, but I just found out about it about a week ago and was absolutely delighted. Uh, it's a, it's called Dext. It's D E X E D. It's a free Yamaha DX seven emulation as a VI. And I was I was a DX7 programmer in the 80s. And basically, somebody first set out to make it as a programmer and then ended up making it as a VI. Hmm. And it's absolutely spot on. Absolutely. And, and the great thing is it also loads SysX files. So if you go online, there's tons of SysX files out there. You can download the original factory presets and all the things that were on the cartridges you could get and stuff like that. And you can get original uh, DX sounds. Uh, it's automatable. Uh it's yeah, it's it's just like using a DX7 or a TX7, and you can and, and it's so light on the uh, on the on the juice, you could stack eight and make an old TX816. I don't know if you remember those babies and stuff <laughs> like that. So it's it it and it sounds stunning. It's absolutely brilliant. And then I put a bit of Tai Chi on it as well to give it a bit of reverb and, and chorus. And you got some. It's it's amazing. So I know I know Dom's not into VIs because he's a hardware guy, but this is if you're into VIs, this is brilliant and it's free. What's what's not to like? Mm. Excellent. Okay, um, mine is it sort of keyboard related, really. Um, it's a Yamaha FC7 expression pedal, uh, which I bought because I've been meaning to get one for ages um, for my Nord. Uh, for, for as a swell pedal for organs, um, because you can't really play an organ. Pro- I mean, I've been doing it. I've been doing it off the off the volume pot just because you really <laughs> do need it sometimes. But it's you know, it's not really a long term solution. I'm all over this thing. I really am. Um, something that's been absolutely brilliant is in some reggae numbers to to uh, run a wah on on a clav, which just transforms it. Uh, I can control, for example, the uh, ring modular frequency, which uh, ring modulator frequency which can get some really ugly, nasty, nasty sounds. And, you know, being able to do that without tying up a whole hand is a wonderful thing. So I'm great with it. It's, it's nicely built as well. So it's not some flimsy little thing that's going to scoot across the floor at an inconvenient moment. So all over that. I've, I also kind of noticing this uh, expression pedal inputs on the, uh, on the Mbox Studio which I haven't investigated yet. It's oh. just occurred to me because it's right in front of me now and thinking, yeah, I should plug that in and see what you can do because I really don't know. But anyway, there we go. Yamaha FC7 expression pedal. Uh, so we've got time for this week. Thank you to my guests, Russ and Dom. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Production Expert Podcast. <laughs>